Today's episode of Locked On Sooners is brought to you by Rock Auto. For amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need, go to rockauto.com and save. On today's episode of Locked On Sooners, where does Oklahoma land in the latest USA Today coaches poll and the AP Top 25? Where they stand in ESPN's football power index ratings? What were some of the questionable coaches' decisions? And who stood out from Oklahoma's 35-23 win over the Kansas Jayhawks? All that and more on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Sooners Nation, and welcome to the Lockdown Sooners Podcast. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Sooners and on Facebook, Lockdown Sooners Podcast. You can also read my work covering the Oklahoma Sooners over at the SoonersWire.usatoday.com. And let's talk about where Oklahoma lands in the latest national polls. In both the USA Today coaches poll and the AP Top 25, Oklahoma drops to number four after their harrowing, dramatic victory over the Kansas Jayhawks, the lowly Kansas Jayhawks. I'm not sure why, but I always got to throw in the lowly uh, Kansas Jayhawks because they're a team that has just not been a very respectable football team for the last decade or so. Uh, Since the Mark Mangino era ended, Kansas football has been pretty much an afterthought, at least as far as uh, collegiate athletics goes better basketball school and yet they gave the Oklahoma Sooners probably one of their toughest games of the year on Saturday uh, mostly because Oklahoma didn't show up uh, in the latest ESPN football power index they dropped to number five in the 538 uh, college football playoff projections they dropped to number four uh, sorry number three their um chances of making the college football playoff drop from 52% to 45%. Uh, Alabama jumps ahead of them in 538's college football playoff projections. And, you know, that's just a symptom of what has gone on this year for the Oklahoma Sooners. It's, it's not that they are losing games. Obviously they're still undefeated, but it's that they've played a lot of close games this year and they've played down to their opponents quite a bit, at least as, as the national observers view their opponents. Now they're going to get tough games from everybody. They're Oklahoma. They're always going to be the team that stands out on the schedule for every team. And and they're going to get every team's best shot. The problem is Oklahoma is not really giving their best shot for four quarters in these football games. We saw it against Kansas. I mean, had the, the team that showed up in the first or the second half against Kansas showed up in the first That'd have been a blowout, and we wouldn't be talking about this today. Oklahoma scored on all five of their second half possessions. They scored touchdowns. They couldn't score on any of their first half possessions. So if they would have flipped the script and they would have played a little bit better or a lot better in the first half or just shown up and played with a little heart and desire in the first half, then probably we're talking about this game as another Oklahoma-Kansas blowout. And yet here we are because we had a team that just decided that they weren't ready to play at 11 a.m. on Saturday in Kansas, Lawrence, or Lawrence, Kansas. And I, and I see, you know, and I've seen some of the kind of complaints about Oklahoma dropping in the polls while Cincinnati rises in the polls after kind of struggling with Navy a little bit and their touch, one touchdown win. And 
I mean, I think it's a fair criticism of the rankings and the ratings. And at some point, it'll all kind of correct itself. You know, if Oklahoma continues to win, it's not going to matter. Uh, it's going to be a lot more difficult to do than it is to say, but go undefeated and it doesn't matter where you're ranked. You're going to be in the college football playoff because you're Oklahoma, you're a power five school and you've gone undefeated and you've beat it. You've beat three, at least three ranked teams. There'll probably be four ranked teams on, on your, on your ledger by the time the season is finished. And at the same time, I get where people are coming from in that it it's, I don't want to use the word fair, but, or unfair, but it's uh, disconcerting a little bit that Oklahoma would drop in the polls after a close or a you know difficult win against a lowly opponent, while a team like Cincinnati, a group of five team, albeit, you know, we have a lot of respect for Cincinnati on this show because we remember that back in the past, they were part of the big East and the big East was actually at one point a pretty, you know, a pretty good football conference with Virginia tech and Miami, uh, and then Boston College, Cincinnati, they were, they were a def- decent conference until it all fell apart with realignment. And so this isn't against like Cincinnati, but it, it does, you know, it does get a little bit frustrating to see Oklahoma constantly be the one that drops when, you know, they, they win, but they don't win in the way that people think they should win, if that makes sense. Like they're, they're still a good football team. Maybe they just have an off day. And I guess, for Oklahoma, you're not allowed to have an off day. And, and I've, I've talked about it on this show before, but I feel like, you know, the voters and a lot of the national observers are just waiting for Oklahoma to slip up. They want a reason to keep Oklahoma out of the college football playoff. And so a loss at any point in the season, even if it's a regular season loss that they avenge in the big 12 championship, I think any regular season loss is going to be enough for the national voters to keep Oklahoma out of the playoff we're seeing it like we're seeing Alabama jump Oklahoma in these polls. We're seeing Ohio state climb back into the discussion. Cincinnati is obviously going to be there. I don't think there's going to be a team in the American athletic conference. that's going to be able to compete with Cincinnati. And so Oklahoma has got to be really careful. They, they don't really have much room for error because I feel like just the national observers are ready to, to keep Oklahoma out because they haven't lived up to expectations in the past and they're not really living up to expectations now. This was a, a really, really well-thought-of team coming into the 2021 season with a highly thought-of quarterback that was going to be in the Heisman discussion, and none of that has transpired. The Oklahoma defense hasn't lived up to expectations. The offense has been inconsistent. The effort has been inconsistent. And there's good reason for the national observers to have doubts about whether this Oklahoma team is worthy of being in the college football playoff because – Despite all the wins, they just haven't looked good in most of them. You know, if your best performance was against TCU, a team that you were only leading by three with less than two minutes to play in the first half, then you gotta, you're kind of like, well, yeah, I kind of get it. I mean, they're winning, they're winning games and they're finding ways to win games, and that's got to be respected. At the same time, the, the way you win does matter in college football as much as I hate it, as much as I want to see like us get away, get away from style points and worrying about all that. And just worrying about wins, because ultimately that's the thing that matters. The style points matter. And if Oklahoma's kept out of the college football playoff, it'll be because of that game against Kansas. I guarantee it. 
because you can't go into Kansas, a team that is one of the bottom 20 teams in, in the football sub, sub in the football bowl subdivision and not get discounted a little bit. That's just the reality of college football. And so coming up next, let's talk about a few more standout performances from this game uh, before we start turning our attention to Texas Tech on tomorrow's, or not tomorrow's show. Tomorrow's show, we'll have the uh, Big 12 Roundtable, which uh, has been one of our favorite shows to do each week. It's great to just catch up with the different shows from the Big 12 Conference and uh, with our guy Josh Neighbors over there on the Locked On Big 12 podcast. But so that's going to be a lot of fun. It is every week. We just have a good time just talking, you know, recapping Big 12 football. We'll have a, a coaching uh, decision to uh, discuss as far as uh, an, an, an opening, a college football opening at Texas Tech that we'll have to discuss on that show, um, as well as one that could be heading that way at TCU. So it could be a lot of fun. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to talk more about uh, who stood out in, in that game, some of Pro Football Focus's grades on that game, and then some of the just more interesting decisions by the coaching staff uh, coming up in the third segment, but let me talk to you about prize picks. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. I'd love this. And I know you will too. It's a leader in college sports, daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the power five, as well as mid-major players. You might not have ever even heard of prize picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. If you use our promo code locked on, you can get a 100% instant deposit match on up to $100. Just be sure to use promo code locked on. You pick two to five players and an over and under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize picks allows mixed sports entries. You can take the over on LeBron combined with the under on Mahomes in the same entry and win. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. PricePix offers safe and fast withdrawals, so don't hesitate. Check out PricePix.com and use promo code LOCKEDON or go to your App Store and download the app today. PricePix is daily fantasy made easy. I also want to talk to you about Rock Auto. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you can go to rockauto.com and save? It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and the prices are always reliably low for every customer, from the do-it-yourselfer to the professional mechanic. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right. And let's talk about a few of the notable performances from this game. You know, generally we hand out uh, three stars from the game, but this is one of those weeks that was just like, uh, it's really hard to, to pick three stars in this one because everybody played for the most part you know that first half is just so hard to erase from the memory banks and 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 then even though they played much better in the second half it's hard to just look back and be like well that that erases everything from the first half but let's talk about a few notable performances i mean the first one that stands out to me is key lawrence 
that dude was just flying around all day, uh, had seven tackles, only missed one, had five stops according to Pro Football Focus. Now, stop, according to them, is any play that results in a loss for the defense or for the offense. And that can be like on third down. It's third and 10. The opponent only gains eight yards and they're forced to punt. That's considered a loss for the offense. Or if it's first down and they only gain you know, four yards on, on offense, that could be considered a loss. Obviously, tackles for losses, sacks, things like interceptions, passes deflected, those also could be considered stops. But, I mean, he came away with pro football focus's highest grade on the day. Um, and when he was in coverage, just allowed uh, he allowed two receptions on two targets, but only for four yards, uh, three yards after the catch. He was he played really, really well, um, had 66 snaps. And I think it's a situation where even when Deller and Turner yell is back, I think you got to consider putting key Lawrence in the game and rotating him in quite a bit more. I'd even think about using him or DTY as a slot player, um, just kind of as a big slot. And because you want to get your best defensive backs on the field as much as possible. And right now key Lawrence is one of those guys he may not be a traditional corner and he may not even have the same coverage skills as some of these other guys, but he's playing a really good football right now. And you got to figure out a way to get him on the field, even when DTY is back. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's safe to say that the secondary is the biggest issue for the Oklahoma Sooners. And so they've got to figure out a way to get their best five or six guys on the field as much as humanly possible, because the cornerbacks aren't playing great. You know, Billy Bowman, uh, had 45 snap or sorry, 48 snaps and continues to struggle on the outside. Um, you know, Justin Broyles, Jaden Davis, you know, Broyles has been playing really good football too. And so I feel like he deserves some snaps, but it's one of those, those situations where somebody's going to have to play better um, in the secondary for Oklahoma to have a chance to get to the big 12 title game and, and defend their crown. Uh, I also thought Nick Bonito, you know, he, I think he, uh, he started off slow, wasn't able to really affect the Kansas offense much. But as that first half kind of wore on, he was getting into the backfield more. When they started to slow down the read option game for Kansas, it was because Nick Bonito was the guy that was charged with uh, containment. He was the one that was having to make the, the decision between quarterback or running back. And he, and he played it perfectly because he's a great player. He knows how to, how to play, play that, play that, uh, that run concept because you know you you'd see it if you go back and, and watch the game that there were times later in the first half and then in the second half where Kansas attempted to run that read option and you see Nick Bonito coming around the edge and breaking down waiting to see what the quarterback was going to do with the football and then making the play and that's what wasn't happening in the early in the first half and I think the the way and the and the big reason for the Oklahoma defense's turnaround in the second half was a lot because of the way they started defending the read option. And again, a lot of that goes back to um, how well Nick Bonito played. Uh, you know, came away with a sack and a half, uh, and was ultimately their their most disruptive player on the day, um, along with Key Lawrence. And then, you know, we got to talk about Caleb Williams as well. You know, Caleb Williams just continues to, I think the more you think about Caleb Williams, the more you're blown away by what he's been able to do just in his first few games as a true freshman. Again, this is Kansas. You know, we should have higher expectations for this team. But the way he was able to kind of like put Oklahoma on his back and just kind of carry them to a victory 
in that second half was pretty impressive. Uh, you know, they didn't get great performances from their stars like Marvin Mims or Kennedy Brooks on offense. Uh, they didn't have Mario Williams or Michael Woods. And it, it kind of showed, you know, it was a, a team that, or a passing game that couldn't really get open consistently, or they were having a hard time finding the soft spots in the zone. And I think that's why Caleb Williams was holding on to the ball so long. Uh, but, you know, aside from that first half interception, he made really good decisions with the football. He was effective in the running game as always. And, you know, when, when you account for three touchdowns and help your team overcome a 10, nothing deficit and score on every single one of your drives in the second half, you definitely stand out as the quarterback. And uh, as much as this game was really frustrating to watch, and as much as it's been kind of frustrating to evaluate, because you, you know that the Oklahoma Sooners can play better than that, um, there, you know, Caleb Williams still stands out. And I mean, he made the heads up play, obviously, on the fourth down where he took the ball from Kennedy Brooks, but even like his, his 40 yard touchdown run. Uh, came on on a fourth down, I believe, and and it was one of those situations also where he was kind of bottled up for a second, and he does this each week whenever they run that quarterback powder power or quarterback counter, is he does get kind of bottled up. Like the defense does a good job on it. He doesn't have a ton of running room, but he's able to break tackles and find running space, and that's the thing that's so incredible is. You know, he's got enough of that Jalen Hurts physicality to be able to bounce off some tacklers and keep the ball moving downfield and then just break open for a big touchdown. And so, yeah, it's, it, it's impressive to see a kid that young with very few college, you know, college football starts under his belt, didn't play in 2020 because of COVID um, canceling his, his high school season. And so, you know, we want to see more and I want to see him improve and bounce back from this game and start, start fast against Texas tech. Uh, and that's really what, what we're hoping for is that he continues to improve and gets better. And the decision-making gets a little bit better that that interception that he threw, the only thing that was wrong about it, it was that it was second and 10. You know, you have, you have another down. Like if you don't see anything, you can just tuck it and run even if you just pick up like three or four yards, it sets up a, a, a decent third down. Like you don't have to go for broke on that throw. You know, I, I, we criticize Spencer Rattler a lot of times for those same kind of throws where you're just kind of throwing it up and hoping that they make a play. And, you know, and Spencer Rattler had a similar one where it was like, but it was third and 10, you know, and he's just trying to make a play down the field. Well, that pretty much amounted to a punt. It wasn't really anything different, but on this one, Caleb Williams had another down to use. And Lincoln Riley even mentioned, he's like, he's just got to do something different in that situation because we had, we had another down. And I think that's the thing that'll come with more experience and just more, more comfort level, a a greater comfort level in the offense and in college football that he doesn't feel like he has to make a play every single drive. Um, Because I, you know, I feel like with all, with everything he's done already in the first three games or it's in those first two games, you know, he set the expectations and the standards really, really high for himself and for the Oklahoma Sooners. And, you know, you don't blame people expecting the Oklahoma Sooners to score every single drive. I, I mean, I kind of have that expectation too. At the same time, it's not reasonable or realistic to score every single drive. And so sometimes you've got to live and, and fight another down or live and fight another drive. And that's the thing that Caleb Williams has to learn. And he will, he will learn this. He, he's a smart player. He's not going to, he's not going to not learn from his mistakes. 
And I, and I think that's the thing that's so promising and so exciting about them is that this isn't at all close to a finished product. Like we're just scratching the surface on what Caleb Williams can be as a college quarterback, both in 2021 and down the road as well. So exciting, exciting times for, for Caleb Williams. It's, it's nice to end the, at least one segment on a high note, right? Before we go into the next segment and I question some coaching decisions, but uh, you know, that I never like to do that, but sometimes there's some things that you got to talk about, uh, but we'll do that coming up next here on Locked On Sooners. But I want to talk to you about Sweat Block. Sweat Block is the doctor created, doctor recommended, and a perspirant that works for up to seven days to stop excessive sweat per use. It gives you the dry shirt guarantee, not just for armpits, it's for chest, back, feet, hands, use it anywhere. And I mean, <clears throat> anywhere. Do you deal with excessive sweat? Sometimes I do, you know, if I get really nervous and I have a big presentation, I can feel my, my arms starting to pit you know, get that, get that sweat developing there. And it, it's uncomfortable. It, you, you start to notice it and it kind of distracts you a little bit when you're doing that presentation. And we've got some great, um, some, some great reviews to share with you. There's a high school teacher when he'd pit out by fourth period, he'd hear the snickers and whispers from the students. So he started bringing a second shirt to change into between classes. Then he heard about sweat block on the lockdown podcast network. He tried it and he's hooked. No more snickers, no more second shirt. And that's just what SweatBlock offers. So make sure you go to sweatblock.com, use promo code locked on, and you can get 20% off your first order at sweatblock.com. They're also available on Amazon and CVS or on Amazon. They've had more than 13,000 reviews and been a top 10 seller for the last 10 years. Go to sweatblock.com though, so you can get that 20% off discount using our promo code locked on. All right, now let's talk about a few of the, the interesting coaching decisions that were made in this game. You know, Oklahoma has had a quarterback issue a little bit. And at times this season, it's felt like Latroma McCutcheon has been one of the better players in the secondary. And over the last couple of weeks, he only gets, you know, 10 to 20 snaps a game. And again, on, on, uh, on Saturday against Kansas, he only got 14 snaps and yes, he's still a young player and he's going to have a bright future, I think, but you got to, you got to do something to get him on the field because he has been one of your better players. And I think with his length and his, and his athleticism and a little bit because of his tenacity, you know, he he's got a couple forced fumbles this year. I think he's just a guy that you got to find a way to get on the field. Um, he, he just out there. He just makes plays. Now, a lot of this will kind of go by the wayside if Woody Washington and DJ Graham are to return sooner rather than later. But I'd like to see him get on the field more. And and obviously, that's not my decision. That's Alex Grinch's decision. decision and, and he sees the guy in practice. And so there's got to be a reason that he doesn't play him as much. But I'd like to see him play a little, a little bit more. Um, also got to talk about just I feel like in the fourth quarter, after Oklahoma scored to make it, uh, I think it was like 28 to, 28 to 17, so they got an 11 minute or 11 point lead with about seven minutes to play a little over seven minutes to play. Kansas gets the ball and Oklahoma goes into prevent. They just drop everybody into coverage and are trying not to give up the big play. First of all, Kansas did not really hit you for many big plays in this game. The way Kansas was beating you was with slow methodical drives. They were running the football. They were hitting short to intermediate passes they weren't beating you over the top. 
Now there's a chance they could have beat you over the top, but I think that's what you got to challenge a guy like Jason Bean to do. Like we sat back in this game and let Jason Bean dink and dunk the Kansas offense down the field into 23 points. And and I'm the same guy sitting here telling you that the coverage has struggled, that the secondary has struggled. But at some point, don't you got to just like go man, man press and challenge Jason Bean to beat you over the top? I would have. There there comes a point in time where you just, you got to put the pressure on and you got to say, we're Oklahoma and we are going to be the team that dictates how this goes. And you got to, you got to line your quarterback somewhat up on an Island and you got to send extra rushers. They sent three and four rushers. They dropped everybody else into coverage and Jason Bean played really, really well and orchestrated a drive that took less than two minutes to get the score to be 28 to 23. Now Oklahoma came up with the stop on the two point conversion attempt, but it part of, I think what, what goes into a lot of the, some of the defensive struggles is their willingness to go into prevent mode early in the fourth quarter. When there's so much time left, you get so afraid of giving up a big play that you just, you kind of take yourself out of your defense and you hear the saying all the time, like prevent defense prevents you from winning. And the Oklahoma Sooners were able to win. They, they held on there to win after getting that two point stop. And then, you know, marching on down the field on their own, on their next drive and taking up so much time that Kansas wouldn't have enough time to try and mount another comeback. But if, if you got to make things difficult for your opponent at times. And you've got to be the one to say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to challenge you as opposed to playing off coverage pre-snap and then dropping everybody into zone. And, you know, like a guy like Billy Bowman, he's an athletic player. At some point, at some point you want to use his athleticism. The best way to do that is put him in a press man and let him just use his instincts to cover the guy as opposed to dropping somebody into zone. I feel like zone coverage can be great, but sometimes it, it, if you don't have great instincts for zone, you can get kind of caught out of position. If you don't have great depth on your zone drops, you can be caught out of position as well. And so I'd like, I'd like to see just Alex Grinch mix, mix it up a little bit, you know, use more man because when this team was in zone, Jason Bean was doing a really good job of, of finding the soft spots in the zone. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, just the, this idea that you're up 11 with seven to play, like, yeah, you don't want to give up the big play and allow a quick touchdown, but you did anyway, you allowed a, a scoring drive of two minutes and ultimately it didn't matter because Oklahoma's offense controlled the rest of the game and took five minutes off the clock after that. At the same time, Alex Grinch has to help out a little bit. He's got to, he's got to try to assert himself defensively, even with the injuries in the secondary you know, if you give up a, a quick score to Kansas, I mean, yeah, that, that says something about your defense, but also like if you put guys in press, man, it's going to be harder for Jason Bean to get the ball out quick. If you're sending an extra rusher because they're not playing off coverage. Like when you're playing off coverage, the, the receiver can just run his 10 yards and turn around and sit down and, and catch the ball. There's nothing, there's no real like defense against that. But if you're playing, you know, or at least like a cover two with some under under coverage that are covering the flats, then you get a chance to make a play on that ball. 
but they were playing a lot of just like everybody drops and, and that I don't, I just don't think that's a recipe for success, especially late in games against some of the teams that they're going to play down the road. And we've seen it over the last few years, whether it was the Texas game last year where they're up two scores late in the fourth quarter and Texas is able to drive down to tie the game and send it to overtime. And so I think we got to, we got to talk about, yes, the, the Sooners defense, they've struggled at times this year, but playing conservative prevent defense, prevent defense isn't going to help them get better. It's only going to put them in, in more difficult positions at times where all of a sudden you're, you know, six plays in and you're in the red zone. Now you're really having to come up with a stop, be aggressive at some point and, and throw the kitchen sink at these teams, because especially a team like Kansas, they don't have the guys up front to be able to, to hang with the Perry on Winfrey or Nick Bonito or Isaiah Thomas. And so you got to find a way to get aggressive and not just rely on, on your three or four guys, but send an extra guy or two and, and really make Jason Bean think about what he's doing. Now they, you know, this next week they got Henry Columbia for tech and it looks like it's going to be probably a really, um, uh, it's going to be a coverage day. Tech's going to come out and challenge Oklahoma secondary, but you're not going to be able to sit. You can't just sit back in, in zone all day because you'll just get picked apart. They'll teams will dink and dunk and they'll take their five yards and be happy with it. If that's what you're going to give them. And then they'll take five more yards the next play. And then five more you know, until it's a 14 play drive and you've given up a touchdown. At some point you kind of have to dictate and force them to beat you and not just sit back and give them an opportunity to beat you. But that's going to do it for today's episode of the Locked On Sooners podcast. Again, coming up on today, tomorrow's show, we'll have the Locked On Big 12 roundtable with our guy, Josh Neighbors of the Locked On Big 12 podcast, Stephen Simcox of Locked On Horned Frogs, and Linda Godfrey of Locked On Pokes. Uh, until tomorrow, my name is John Williams. Make sure you check out the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners, on Facebook, Locked On Sooners podcast, and follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on every platform coming soon to YouTube. Until tomorrow, I'm John Williams. Boomer, Sooner. <laughs>